think about communication, we typically focus on our words, but it turns out there's a lot more to communication than just spewing words. There's your facial expression and those non-conscious micro expressions. Huh. There's proxemics or proximity. Get out of my way. There's haptics or touch. Get your hands off of me. There's hand gestures. Bye-bye. There's your physical appearance. Yeah, as in your body shape and size. There's paralinguistics or vocal elements. Including your tone, your volume, your pitch, your cadence, and so on. I see what you did there, Brian. And nonverbal communication even includes what you're saying through your possessions and artifacts. By the way, I love this topic. Your possessions and artifacts, including your clothing, your eyeglasses, the brand of water or coffee that you're holding, everything we can see in your online meeting background, it's all saying something. Now, I'm sure I've missed several things in this list of nonverbal communication elements, but the point is that when it comes to nonverbal communication, there's so much to consider. Where to start? I got you, don't worry. How about a simple but highly effective three-point body language scan? Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Welcome to Talk About Talk episode number 96, focused on body language. In this episode, you're going to learn an easy-to-recall three-point body language scan that you can use virtually anytime. And not just virtually. The goal with this three-point body language scan is to leverage your body language to improve it so that the complete message you're communicating is optimized. You're communicating that you're present and engaged, you're enthusiastic, you're focused, and you care. And I have to say, I care a lot. In case we haven't met, I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Are you an ambitious executive with a growth mindset? Looking to advance your career? Well, you're in the right place. At Talk About Talk, we focus on communication skills topics like personal branding, confidence, networking, and yes, body language. This is the critically important stuff they don't teach you in school. And if you check out the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll find online corporate training, one-on-one coaching with me, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast, and the free weekly communication skills coaching newsletter. I really hope you'll go to the website and sign up for that newsletter, but you can choose whatever works for you. Okay, welcome to Talk About Talk episode number 96. In this episode, we're gonna easily memorize the three-point body language scan with specific insights and advice for what you can do and not do for each of these three points. I'm going to guess that for this episode in particular, you won't need to reference the show notes. It's just three points. But like every single other episode we've recorded, I'm happy to supply you with summarized, easy-to-print show notes. If you go to talkabouttalk.com, click on podcasts, and then show notes, it's all right there. So, as I always say, just keep doing whatever you're doing. Whether you're making dinner, going for a walk, driving your car exercising, or maybe you're just lying on the couch. You don't need to lift a finger to take notes because I do that for you. You're welcome. And speaking of body language, I have a big smile on my face right now. Can you tell? 
Let's start with this. There are two main reasons why body language is so significant. One of the reasons you can probably guess, and the other one might be something you hadn't thought of before. So here's the first reason. We all know that body language is a critical component to our communication with others. People are constantly scanning the various nonverbal communication cues that we're signaling. They hear our words, but they also watch our facial expression and they watch our gestures. Have you ever heard of the 738-55 rule? Maybe? Well, let me remind you. Albert Moravian, Professor Emeritus at UCLA, coined the 7%, 38%, 55% rule. According to his research, 7% of our message is communicated through words, 38% through tone of voice, and 55% through, you guessed it, body language. These three components need to be congruent. In other words, ideally, your words, your tone, and your body language are all saying the same thing. And 55% of your communication is body language. As always happens, and in fact, as should happen, other academics have disputed his research. For example, does this ratio apply to all contexts? Hmm? What about podcasts? But the point is, body language is a significant factor in our total communication. Perhaps even more than half of our message to others is communicated through our body language. So that's the first reason why body language is so significant. Body language comprises a significant proportion of our total communication to others. Probably not news to you, right? Here's the second reason why body language is important. It's something you may not have considered. Your own body language is also communicating implicitly to your very own brain. More and more research is confirming the insight that our brain believes the way our body acts. Our brain believes our body language. That's why I'm standing up right now and I have a big smile on my face and I'm using strong, purposeful hand gestures. Yes, even when I'm recording an audio podcast episode, I'm using my body language. Here are two other simple examples of how our brain believes our body language that I often share when I'm coaching my clients. Breathing and power posing. So first in terms of breathing, imagine you're getting ready to go out on stage and you feel that rush of adrenaline. One thing you can do is slow down your breathing and particularly slow down your exhale. We've all heard that our body kicks into fight, flight, or freeze mode when we're feeling anxious, stressed, or threatened. This means we might start gasping for air to prepare our bodies to fight. But when we slow down our breathing, particularly our exhale, our brain interprets that signal as, oh, everything must be okay. So again, our brain believes the way our body acts. The second example of this that I often use is the power pose. I know that many, many of you have watched Amy Cuddy's TED Talk on power posing. Millions of you, in fact. And in case you haven't seen it, I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. And while Professor Cuddy's assertions are also not without controversy, no one that I know has ever denied that when they strike a powerful pose, they end up feeling more powerful. Try it. Strike a powerful pose. Bam. Bam. Do you feel that? So our brain believes the way our body acts, whether it's breathing or power posing or whatever. 
And therefore, our body language is not just signaling messages to others, it's also signaling to our own brain. Cool insight, right? So the next time you're feeling disengaged in a meeting, or when you catch your mind wandering, say to yourself, three point body language scan. I'm telling you, I do this all the time. And this three point body language scan works. And what are the three points you ask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's posture, hands, and eyes. Got it? Posture, hands, and eyes. Before we go any further, I just want to clarify that this three-point body language scan works for many different communication contexts, perhaps even most. Unless I indicate otherwise, most of what I say applies whether the communication context is online or in real life, whether it's formal or casual, and whether you're sitting or standing. Use the three-point body language scan for any of these contexts when you catch yourself feeling disengaged, maybe you're slouching, or your mind is wandering. It's posture, hands, and eyes. Now, let me share a little bit of detail for each of these three points. The first point is posture, as in sit or stand up straight. My mom used to stick her fingernail in my spine. Yeah, not pleasant at the time, but now I'm grateful for that. So thanks, mom. And I think of her nail in my back every time I catch myself slouching. The ideal body language, as in communicating that you're engaged, you're enthusiastic, you're focused, and you care, the ideal body language in terms of your posture is to be open, not closed. Open as in shoulders back. Take up lots of space. Try not to cross your legs and definitely do not cross your arms. If you're sitting, sit straight. I tell people, try 90, 90, 90. Head up and back straight. 90 degrees to your thighs. Then 90 degrees to your lower legs. Then 90 degrees to your feet, which are sitting parallel and flat. 90, 90, 90. And that's it for the first point in the three-point body language scan. Posture. Sit or stand up straight. Be expansive. And try 90, 90, 90. Hands are the second point in your body language scan. Where are your hands? And what are you doing with your hands? There are two things to consider here. One, keep your hands in view. And two, use slow, purposeful movements. Keep them in view. Why? Well, if your hands are in view, you're more likely to use them. And generally speaking, People prefer it when others use hand gestures. I read some research that concluded that the most popular TED Talkers used almost double the hand gestures in their 18-minute talks versus the least popular TED Talkers. Fascinating. The other reason to keep your hands in view is that we trust people more when we can see their hands. It turns out we are wired to look at people's hands. If you can see my hands, you can trust that I'm not gonna hurl a stone at you or pull out a knife or fire a gun. Gotcha. Okay, seriously, this is a thing. If you wanna be trusted, show people your hands. If you're standing up, keep your hands out of your pockets. Keep them in front of you, possibly in the steeple position, but you're definitely not hiding your hands. If you're seated at a boardroom table, Keep your hands in view above the tabletop. Loosely clasping your hands is good. 
but avoid tightly clasping your hands. Tightly clasped hands can implicitly communicate fear or anger. And if you're in an online meeting, oh, I have so much to share here. First of all, if you're in an online meeting, your hands obviously won't be in the frame for the whole meeting, but you do want to gesture with your arms and your hands. For my clients who don't use their hands enough, I first suggest that they keep their hands up on the table in front of them, not in their lap. That way, they're much more likely to use them. But if you gesture too much, and yes, that can be a thing and not a good thing, it can be a distraction, I suggest that these people keep their hands on their lap. So you can regulate how much you use your hands by making it easier or harder to use your hands, depending on where you keep your hands as a home base. Make sense? Secondly, for online meetings, when you're using hand gestures, say counting the top three things, one, two, and then three fingers, or say you're listing something, you could show levels. There's A, and then there's B, and then there's C. Or perhaps you're using your hands to show emphasis, or surprise, or enthusiasm. If you're using a hand gesture, keep your hands in the frame. It seems obvious, but if your hands are cut off, who knows what hand gesture you're making, right? One thing I've done and encouraged others to do is to log on to an online meeting a few minutes early, look at yourself on your screen, and practice drawing out the frame, the boundary of where your hand gestures can be seen. Draw it out with your hands. My last point for hands. People with more power or who are more confident use slower, more purposeful gestures. Try it. Hold your hands up slowly and powerfully. Do you feel more confident and capable? Well, you look more confident oh, and capable. Savage. So take it slow and purposeful. No flailing. This is especially important if you're in an online meeting. It's almost like that frame puts a spotlight on you. Everything is exaggerated. So no flailing, no jerky movements, slow, purposeful hand movements. Got it? Now we've covered two of the three points in our three-point body language scan. We've covered posture and hands. Now the last point, eyes. I have a list of several things for you to consider with regard to your eyes, starting with eye contact, of course. We are wired to appreciate eye contact. And if someone's avoiding making eye contact, if they're constantly looking away, we assume they're shifty or they're hiding something. They certainly can't be trusted. And trust me, people are looking at your eyes. I read somewhere recently that our faces get more than their fair share of attention when it comes to interpersonal communication. It's true. We're constantly looking at each other's faces to decipher expression and emotion. And we look into each other's eyes to gauge if we can trust the person. And we look to our friends and family in the eye longer than we look in the eyes of strangers. According to scientific research, if you're communicating with a stranger, most people are comfortable with eye contact for a maximum of about 3.2 seconds at a time. That's if you're a stranger. It goes up as we get to know each other better. Nowadays, we can't talk about eye contact without talking about online meetings and the camera on our laptop or our desktop. It's not easy to keep our eyes on that green light, is it? Well, I have a few thoughts for you. The first is that when you're talking in a meeting, especially if it's an important point you're making, that's when you should make an extra effort to look at that little green light and make eye contact with the other meeting attendees. Otherwise, 
Glance at that green light whenever you can, but it's a-okay to look around the screen. It's also important for you to try to decipher other people's body language, and you can only do that if you're watching them on your screen. So look at the camera when you're speaking, and especially when you're making a key point. Otherwise, maybe relax a little. My other point here should also serve to help you relax a little with regards to eye contact in online meetings. I've noticed over the past few months that people seem to have become accustomed to us not looking at each other directly because of our technology. This is the thing. We humans are an incredibly adaptive species. Two years ago, I might have been completely distracted by someone who wasn't looking at me directly most of the time. Nowadays, I totally get it. Their camera isn't near their screen. So my point here is relax. Of course, all else equal, eye contact is good but we also adapt. And speaking of adapting, how many times in the past few years have you tried to smile at someone while you're wearing a face mask? So what do you do? You smile with your eyes. Now we can take that new skill, smiling with our eyes, and practice it whenever we can, whether we're wearing a face mask or not. Turning up the corners of your mouth in a fake smile is one thing. Smiling with your whole face, and especially with your eyes, is something else. And one last thing with regard to your eyes, it's your eyebrows. There's always something going on when eyebrows are raised. So use your eyebrows when you wanna emphasize something and watch other people's eyebrows too. So that's the third point, your eyes. Do your best to make eye contact, smile with your eyes and watch those eyebrows. And that, my friend, is the three-point body language scan. Now imagine you're getting ready to take the stage. Or you're in a meeting and you catch yourself slouching. Or maybe you're feeling disengaged. What can you do in any of these contexts? Say to yourself, three-point body language scan. Number one, posture. Sit or stand up straight. Be expansive. And if you're sitting, don't forget the 90-90-90 rule. Two, your hands. Keep them in view and use slow, purposeful movements and practice keeping your hand gestures inside the frame for online meetings. And three, eyes. Eye contact is key. We maintain eye contact longer with people who we know and people who we like. Maintaining eye contact, looking at that little green light is definitely a challenge for online meetings. So try to focus on looking at the camera, particularly when you're speaking and particularly when you're trying to emphasize a point. Also with regards to your eyes, Try to smile with your eyes and watch those eyebrows. So there you go, the three-point body language scan. Posture, hands, and eyes. And don't forget, there are actually two huge benefits of optimizing your body language. The first is that, of course, we can use our body language to reinforce and strengthen our message to others. The second benefit is that our own brain is also interpreting what our body is doing. So if your body is acting as if it's alert, engaged, and enthusiastic, then everyone around you, including your own brain, will interpret that you are alert, engaged, and enthusiastic. It's like our body language is contagious. Guess what? That's it, the three-point body language scan. I use this all the time, and I promise it works. I'd love to hear how it goes for you please email me anytime at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. 
And speaking of email, if you'd like to receive a weekly email from me with new podcast episode announcements and free communication skills coaching, you can sign up on the talkabouttalk.com website. Thanks so much for listening. You've optimized your body language through your posture, your hands, and your eyes. Now go! Talk soon! Talk soon!